sometimes the best word that I can describe it is incestuous, meaning that the architects, the designers, the contractors, they're all in bed with each other. And it's just this circle and they're revolving and it's just passing the names from one to another, to another, to another. And it, it doesn't grow outside of that. I've never really played that game. Like it's great to have these relationships, but to pass a lead to somebody because you're hoping to get more work out of it or because somebody did you a favor, I don't know if that's the right move as far as like who's the fit for this job um, or hey, this job came to me through this lead, it should go to this person. So that's my relationship with architects, um, very similar to designers as well. It's It's limited because I'm not who they use to make money. What's going on, everyone? Hope you are having a good week here. It is, what's the day? The 6th, 6th of February. My wife said that January was extremely long for her. And I'm not going to lie, January was long for me too, but I somewhat enjoyed it. Um, getting everything back in order. Um, I feel like I've said this to you guys before, but catching up on life this past job, beating me up some. And getting back to it, taking care of some things that I need to, getting to return customers, all of that. January was slow and drug out, um, but it was nice. It, it didn't fly by as the rest of life has been for the past <clears throat> however so long. I guess since I became an adult, um, but I enjoyed it. Mm, February's going relatively slow as well. I was going to be like, what's it? It's got to be close to Valentine's Day already. Um, but it's only the six. So, um, we still have some time yet. I still have some time yet. Rachel, I still have time. Um, she listened to, she doesn't listen to my podcast, but she ended up listening to the one about relocating, um, and just a restart and what I, what I have felt, what I continually do feel. And she came in the door pissed off at me. Um, she's actually never really pissed at me. She's, she and I are very different personalities, um, very different motivations, different people. Um, I was hoping that our kids would get a mix of us, but it seems that Selby has gotten all Rachel until he's gotten all me. So we are we getting a little bit of a taste of our own medicine. Um, that being said, Selby is the much better child. Um, I won't say any more than that. I'm also, I've been messing around with some studio lighting here as well. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, I doubt you are. Um, but if you're, if you're not, you should, you definitely should hop on YouTube. Check this out. Check out it, this, the, the main modern craftsman, um, we're posting that everywhere. So check it out. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever it may be, um, I'll take it, but I'd love if you hop on YouTube and watch it. And then also check out the blog post. I write a blog to accompany these recordings every week, and it's a, a little bit different information and a taste, so you can hop on, check that out. Also, check out the Modern Craftsman store, www.moderncraftsman.co. I'm not sure if we officially released this yet. Let me see. I'll hop on here real quickly. Um, but I know that it uh, doesn't look like they're up there yet, but you know what? I'm a co-host of this. And I'm going to drop the bomb. We should have knitted uh, beanies up, winter hats up relatively soon. So if they're not up, they should be up shortly. We also have some Hive notebooks, still some pencils left, some t-shirts. Um, 
this is one way of supporting us. Um, you may not necessarily need a set of pencils. You may not necessarily need a notebook, but this is one way that we can get our brand out there, spread the word and help offset some of the costs that go into this podcast. So uh, if you feel so obliged to hop on there and make a purchase, I know we don't have t-shirts right now, but check out the hats, check out the pencil, check out the notebooks again. Um, maybe you don't need a winter hat, but it's one way of endorsing us and helping us out. And every little bit counts for us, um, with everything that we're putting into this. So again, think of it from that perspective, um, that it's just a way to support us and support the brand and help us continue to put time into this. Um, we're not making a ton of money off those items, but again, it, it helps us, um, support other small brands, the people who make the pencils, the people who make the notebooks, you know, Ken, who designed the notebook, um, the graphic company that puts the t- the t-shirt designs together, Harnish Workwear, who prints them. So it's just a way of uh, really supporting the maker community. Um, it's not putting, if anything, in our pockets, it's not putting much, um, but we do appreciate that. So again, keep that in mind. This week's, oh yeah, that's where I was going, but I've been messing around with studio lighting and it's really difficult because I'm sitting in front of my computer and it's this bright screen. So, um, I get like this different look when my computer's bright and when it's not bright and I just put a backlight in. So I'm trying to spruce it up a little bit. I'd like to get a little bit of background elements involved, but once I integrate something else, I have to check with Doug to see how it looks because I can't tell until after I record this. Um, I know that I'm having issues with my Wi-Fi, um, and I guess my computer kicked onto Wi-Fi last time, and it wasn't hardwired in, so my voice and my face weren't matching up. And I knew that going into it, but I didn't know it was wrong. So now I'm trying out different camera settings again. I still haven't <clears throat> gotten it completely right. Maybe it was better left alone, but I'm not going to go there. It's going to wind up better in the in the long run um, for all of you guys who want to see my lovely face and not just this, this lovely voice, um, which makes me laugh all the time because I think there was somebody who commented on the podcast years ago and Ellie from Anderson always brings it up to me about how terrible my voice is. And I was like, yo, I didn't start a podcast because I think I have a wonderful voice. Um, or that you guys just want to listen to the tone of my voice ring throughout your ears and speakers and headphones. Um, that was not the reason. Um, but uh, if you want more than my voice, you can check out the recordings on Modern Craftsman YouTube and the blog post. That'll be my written word. All right. So this week, I actually had something else written and I spun it and wrote a different blog post due to it's going to be two part but due to an experience i just had with the return customer so i'm going to brief you on this and then we'll get into it um i have a customer that was a referral um from a friend of mine and i've worked for them i've done a couple of jobs for them some larger a larger project and then a mid-sized project but both high-end renovation projects um and they they found me they were very happy with my work um you know that they wanted that they could keep me employed full time just hire me to work at their house every single day always happy with what i did we had a really good rapport um and very comfortable with 
my relationship with them and them being happy with my work, uh, the way that I operate, who I have in their home, uh, the quality of the work, price point, all of that. So it was just one of those customers that I'm like, I'll have this customer for life. And um, they live in an older house. It's a bigger house. They have young kids and they want to renovate some of the house. It's a nice house, but they want to change some things around. They have a ton of ideas and they need a hand with the design and they want to be involved with it. Um, both highly intelligent people who have, although they may not understand construction, they want to be a part of the process. They want to an- understand and have input as to their space. They've gotten burnt a couple times. Um, so from a design perspective with what they want to do, exterior renovations, <clears throat> interior renovations, big plan for the house. It's a very, very old house, um, a couple hundred years old. And I thought it was best to bring in a professional to bring all of these ideas together because it's they're living in the house. It's an old house. They have young kids. It can't be a, a ground up or you know a full gut reno with them living there and relocating. It doesn't make any sense. So it's a big enough house that we can bite off pieces at a time, but they need a lot of help with this and they, they want to be involved with this. And I, it's not a small enough project. And I think that there's so many pieces coming together that I want a cohesive design, at least um, big picture as to how this is going to come together. I don't want to design the landscape and the exterior independent of what they want to do on the interior and possibly bumping some rooms out. I just want, it's a really old house. I want to be a steward for this house, for this design. And I want all of this to at least have some conceptually come together as a whole, even if it happens over 30 years. I just want some sort of plan in place. So uh, the type of work that I do, I typically, for most of my jobs, I don't need an architect. Um, I have some workarounds as far as who I can use to design things. I'll get engineers to do the structurals, we'll either hire interiors, we'll do the interiors, we'll work hand in hand with a kitchen vendor that will, you know, if we give them a floor plan, they'll lay out the interiors and the partitions for the kitchen. There's just a bunch of workarounds and and how we see fit depending on the job and the smaller projects that I I don't use an architect on every job. I don't use an architect on 50% of my jobs. I love when people use architects, but sometimes if I understand the capacity of what we're doing and I need some structurals, it doesn't make sense if I'm involved and want to handle part of the design to bring in an architect. If every budget allowed for it, I would just be like, yeah, hire an architect, hire an interior designer and um, come back to us when you're ready. And that would be the ticket for me um, to not get involved. But a lot of times I'm bringing some value there by saying, hey, we'll get the structural done. We'll figure out the interiors. If we have specialty questions, we'll bring somebody on per diem um, or an hourly basis to sort through some details. But I'd rather allocate budget on these smaller jobs to different things. Um, So the rapport that I have with architects is limited to a handful of them. Um, generally they want to be doing bigger projects, full builds, renovations, larger stuff where, you know, they're not pumping out drawings left and right, a million different projects a year. Um, they want to be working with bigger projects. Um, so the relationships that I have with contractors, I'm not their bread and butter. They're not looking to feed me work continually because it's not reciprocal reciprocal. Um, they're going to, 
you know, pat the back of the guys who use them on every single job. And they're going to um, refer the guys that they want to be in bed with, work with the designers that they want to be in bed with, work with. And it, it, sometimes the best word that I can describe it is incestuous, meaning that like the architects, the designers, the contractors, they're all in bed with each other. And it's just this circle and they're revolving and, uh, it's, it's just passing the names from one to another, to another, to another. And it it doesn't grow outside of that. Um, I've never really played that game and I don't like, it's great to have these relationships, but to, to pass a lead to somebody because you're hoping to get more work out of it or because somebody did you a favor. I don't know if that's, that's the right move as far as like, who's the fit for this job. Um, or, Hey, this job came to me through this lead it should go to this person. Um, so that's my relationship with architects. Um, very similar to designers as well. It's, it's limited because I'm not who they use to make money. Um, we handle a lot of things in house and we have our own network and I see challenges of dealing with some. So yeah, their efforts are going and, and their loyalty are going to go to others. Now I have a handful of architects that if I need help and I need a hand, they're in my back pocket to refer to. Um, there's some that I ha- there's some that I haven't worked with that I keep in touch with. Hey, if this ever comes up and I need something, I love your work. And then it's trying to find a fit for the customer and a fit for the home. And I don't think that an architect is the one size, one stop shop um, fits all. Everyone has their different process. Everyone has their different price point. Everyone specializes in different homes. At least that's the the way that I feel it should be that out of the way. I'm tired. I can wrap this up now. Um, that out of the way, this customer that I'm fairly confident is, um, you know, a, a customer for life and they've been super happy with me, um, in and around their home, worked through in their home during, during COVID, uh, when other people, they weren't allowing into their home, just built an established trust with them. Um, so I referred them to an architect that I have worked with on another job. I've referred to customers. We work in the same towns. Um, he typically does larger projects, but when I have a customer that has an older house that's within this area, he's a, a solid architect to send people to. Um, I know his pros, I know his cons, I know how much he wants to be involved with the post design, um, just from being around this and, and speaking to him and other people and working, um, a job with him. You know, I've referred him to customers before, um, and he's an architect who's top of mind, but again, I don't necessarily work with all the time. Um, I have a couple of other names of architects that I've used that I've crossed paths with that um, I have some that I wouldn't use again, but this guy is a solid where it's like, hey, I know he'll get back to people. Um, I know that he understands the area. I know he understands the period of the home. I know he works in a lot of older houses. This is a good name to give them. And I gave them a couple of names. Um, I think they initially had trouble linking up with him, but then I connected them again. Um, so the connection came through me to my customer and I have a a job with them that got put off until springtime because it's an exterior project. And, um, this architect was involved 
working on like this overall home design. And I followed up with the customers regarding the springtime project now that weather's turning to make sure that we have a design in place um, and figure out exactly what we have to do. And he said, you know, I'm wrapping things up with the architect now. He has a contractor lined up for us to do this interior renovation in a small little addition. <clears throat> and it took it took me um, back a bit because I was surprised to hear this, truth be told. Um, I was the contractor who referred the architect. Uh, I was expecting to be somewhat of the steward for this house, being my relationship with the customers, my relationship with the house. I think that they they understand the working relationship of people and they want to trust their best, best judgment and <clears throat> they will trust what somebody tells them. Um, but essentially I found out that um, this project was happening and I was not informed of that and I was not um, aware that this was happening with the lead that I had brought up. And I I got off the phone, I got off the call and I started thinking about this and I was like, okay, there's a reason that all of this stuff happens. Um, I could be pissed off. I could be like, what the hell? I referred this guy and then he's bringing in other contractors. I could look at the customers and be like, how could you not call me first? How did I not come up? Especially when I'm still working on your house. And then I look internally, did I do something wrong? Um, is my turnaround not fast enough? Um, did I drop the ball with the architect? Did I drop the ball with the customer? There's a reason why all this happened. And I'm not, you know, in, in my younger days, it's like, call up the architect, flip out on the architect. What the hell's wrong with you? You know, tell the customer, customer to go pound sand, hire this guy for whatever. Um, but maybe I've matured. Maybe I've <clears throat> wisened up some, um, maybe I'm, I just, not care less, but maybe this stuff doesn't get under my skin as it, as much as it had before. <clears throat> maybe I'm not as pressed for work or stressed financially um, as maybe in my, my younger career. Um, maybe I'm just in a better place as a person, but it rubbed me the wrong way. And instead of figuring out how to approach this, I, I just said, let me reach out to the architect about the next project that's on our list and see what happens. And then I started thinking about what that's going to look like. And it's like, should I reach out to the same architect and feed him more work on a house that he already gave my, you know, gave somebody else's name. And then again, I'm like, I don't know where this come from. This come from the customer. Did this come from the homeowner? Did this come from the design, whatever it may be. Um, but if I want to be the, the main point of contact throughout this job, um, Again, I have to look that I do something wrong. Had I shut, had I touched base, had I should have touched base sooner, had I should have been more involved with the design process, did I properly convey that this was my job? Um, it was a long time ago. Things may have slipped through the crack. Maybe they forgot that I was a lead on this. I don't know. I can't give you those answers because I don't know those answers. So anything more than that would be speculating. Um, so I decided that at the end of the day, I need to reach back out to the, to the customer to figure out what's going on with this, um, and what happened. And so I did that and I said, Hey, you know, when, when is this phase of the, the work that you already have set up going to be completed? 
when do you want my phase of the work to start? Um, and the customer's like, well, they're on different areas of the home. Uh, even if they were to happen at the same time, I don't think it's going to be an issue. And for me, that's going to be an issue. Um, and then I'm like, again, this, this doesn't make sense for me to be on a job where there's somebody else on a job. Um, so I need to make a decision here and I need to figure out how to move forward. So I told the customer, um, and I hadn't spoke to the architect and I still have yet to speak to the architect, but essentially what I, what I told you guys here is that this happened and I was surprised to hear that this happened and that I felt as though, um, I brought this lead on, um, I've worked on your house before, um, whether the project is within my wheelhouse or not, that I feel I should be the point of contact to say, hey, this is what we're thinking of doing for this space. Do you have the time in your schedule? Um, do you have the budget? Do you have the capacity? Is this something that you want to do? And I could be wrong, but I just feel like I should have that opportunity first, especially with the return customer, especially the, the, the rapport that I have with these customers is very good. Um, they, I, I've worked for them and they have been very transparent and very forthright about being extremely happy that they found me and that they would hire me full time to redo their entire house. If I, if I could let all of my other jobs go. And this is, this is another reason why I was so surprised to hear this and felt as though there was somebody else involved in this decision-making process um, other than the customers. Um, again, I haven't spoken to the architect, but this is somewhat of what I'm thinking. Um, <clears throat> so frustrated, but again, not upset. So I reached out to the customer and I expressed my concerns. Um, I asked them if they know the contractor, if they've seen their work. And they told me, you know, that... Um, essentially the architect didn't think that this was within my wheelhouse and they said, okay, well then who would you recommend? I guess, assuming that I had a rapport with this architect, um, and that he was going to speak with me or whatever it may be and referred somebody else. Um, so I told the customer like, no, yeah, for you guys, this is, it's not necessarily what I do on a, a daily basis, but yeah, this is absolutely something that I would want to do that I work in your house that the the long-term plan for your house and the overall big picture i want to have my hand in all of this because i want to be a steward for this house i want to work with you guys i want to take care of you um obviously i want to pay my bills and make a living as well it, it's it's a part of losing work um but big picture this is like i worked my ass off to get a lifelong return customer and I proved that and then something comes in and throws uh, throws a, a chink in the machine and that because I was not involved with that part of the process now that the re the reality of it is that they're considering using somebody else. So when I when I had this conversation with the customer um they said, "Hey, like understand what's going on." Um, not our intent. We have not signed anything. Um, we're actually have been waiting for quite a while for some information from the builder. Um, 
we would prefer that you did this work. We didn't think that this is something that you wanted to do. And can we send you all of this? Like if we had to choose, it would be you that we chose for this project all day long. I don't know why all of this happened the way it did or what was communicated. I have to get to the bottom of that um, on my own. But that's where this stands at this point. Um, And it's like, how much digging do I want to do? Um, For me, it's about the relationship more than anything else. I have plenty of work and I'm comfortable with my work and my customers and return customers and new leads that are coming in that it's not, it's not that as much as I work for these customers. I did really nice work for these customers. um, And I built this rapport and this relationship and I've referred them to subs when they need other work on their house. Um, I've referred them to other contractors when they needed stuff on their house. You know, I've given them my HVAC contractor, um, a buddy of mine who does landscape design, an architect. Um, I've, I've, we've established this trust and now this makes me question that some. And, and again, I don't know where that's coming from or who was in the wrong um, Or if this is just me dropping the ball because I have to look at it and I have to assume some accountability from this, you know, did I, did I just assume that I could pass this lead off to the architect? Because typically that's not what I'm doing. It's like, Hey, you want to hire a designer. Let me be a part of that process. You can sign a contract through me architect. I will hire. Um, but this was like a sure shot lifelong customer, return customer, you guys deal with this and then come back to me when you're ready. And there was a miscommunication there and, and things went another direction. And I found out after the fact from the customer. Um, so I do need to get to the bottom of that, but did I drop the ball? Should I have followed up earlier? Realistically speaking, we had a project that bumped till spring because of everything that was going on in weather. And I did not intend to reach back out because I thought that this was the next project on the list, on the the overall big picture home list. And there was no sense in following up if headway had been made or not because we weren't getting to priority one until springtime. Again, is that my fault? Is that because I don't have the capacity to be doing the two projects at once or getting to this sooner than they want? I'm not sure. Um, but part of this may, I, I need to be accountable for. Um, so that's, that's where this stands and what's going on with this project and this experience. And I was frustrated with it. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway for me is to not, become so complacent to just pass leads off, right? To follow up. Because at the end of the day, it's it's your reputation. Um, if, if I had referred this customer to this architect and this architect suggested a different contractor, and then that was a terrible experience, although they didn't hire me, they would be like, why did this architect who Tyler referred refer us to this person when they know that this is the type of work that Tyler does? Um, I feel as though that would fall back on me some. And it it shouldn't necessarily, but it would. It's the same thing where I, I shouldn't necessarily be complacent when a customer reach out to me and say, hey, 
do you have the name of an HVAC guy? We're running into an issue. I know that you had somebody on our job who did this. Maybe I shouldn't just pass that name along and assume that they're going to do a great bang up job for my customer because I'm not managing them. So there's lessons and there's takeaways from this where it's like, hey, I refer an architect, I refer an interior designer to somebody, even if I'm hands off, even if I'm like, I'm going to sit back until this all is finalized and and the bow is on it and it's sealed and pushed over to me, maybe I should follow up more. Maybe I shouldn't wait until I hear from them. Um, maybe I should just <clears throat> remain a little more present in their ear and 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 shoot out an email. Maybe I should follow up with the architect to see how things are going on. I did none of this. Um, so again, there's definitely some... Um, some issues that I need to sort out on my own end and some things that I could change and do differently. But I guess I got comfortable. Um, and I, I don't want to say rightfully so or not that this all happened. Um, and I'm not sure how this is going to end, but there were things that I could have done differently. And I see that now. And, and, and the big takeaway for me is to be able to step back and and put the emotions aside and the frustrations aside and not become angry and figure out, well, why did this happen? Not necessarily from a, a pointing fingers or a blame perspective. Why did this happen? And what can I do differently next time? And how can I manage and navigate this situation moving forward? Um, because five years ago, 10 years ago, if this were to happen, I would be very upset. Um, and I would probably be angry and I would want some sort of recourse for this. And maybe I would burn some bridges because I was so upset and it's just not worth it to me. Um, although that may be satisfying to some extent, why, like why allow this or, um, the architect or the customers or work to rob me of happiness, to rob me of some sort of internal peace at the end of the day. Like, I don't know, my uncle told me years ago, your customers are your customers and everyone loves you and they love your work and they love your price and they're so happy to have your number in their Rolodex. But as soon as you die, they're going to find a new contractor and they're probably going to forget about you. And that's just the way it is. So you can't base your happiness on these these customers. You can't base your business and how you um, orchestrate your lifestyle and your your family and your happiness and where you are based on customers because they change. They go away. They don't need work on their house anymore. And that stuck with me. Um, and that made a lot of sense. And I did realize a few years ago that I need to put less emphasis on other people's happiness or contentment making me happy. Um, so that that's going above and beyond for customers who just aren't appreciative. I, I, you get the job that you deserve. And if you treat me well, you're going to get the same treatment in, in return. But if you're not nice and you're not kind and you're not fair, I'm, I'm not going to go above and beyond and bend over backwards and concede a ton of time to help you when you're not doing the same for me. So I've just realized over the past few years that something like this isn't worth my peace. It's not worth my anxiety. It's not worth my happiness. Um, 
there's other jobs out there. There's other customers out there. There's other architects out there. I have plenty on my plate. Um, you know, I, I have the same rapport and relationship with many other customers that are very appreciative of me and what I do. And if this doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I'm okay with that. Um, but it, I'm definitely different than I used to be with this regard, because I just feel like it's not worth getting upset about. Um, so that, that's, that's my podcast and my blog post for today. Just, it was something else. And then this came up and it was top of mind and I was somewhat frustrated with it and just wanted to talk it out. Um, I'm not looking to throw anyone under the bus. Um, probably nobody that, you know, um, whoever's listening to this, but it was just an interesting experience that I ran into that I'll be honest, I have not ran into before. Um, and I hope to not run into again, and it's not something that I would do to somebody else. Um, that being said, maybe it was an accident. Maybe it it slipped through the cracks. Um, maybe somebody was just a better fit, but I'd at least like to be included in that conversation. Um, when I've been the person trying to put all these pieces together, but I'd be interested as always to hear your response to this if something like this has ever happened to you i also want to reach out and thank everyone who emailed me and dm'd me regarding last week's podcast um, about just the change of pace and relocating i had a, a handful of people that shot me really nice emails i'm not going to name them um just for uh anonymity's sake but uh <clears throat> I do appreciate all you guys getting back to me, guys and girls, and responding to me. And it was very helpful. Brought up some really great points. Um, and just so you guys and girls know, to be honest, most people who are looking for a change, who wanted to relocate, although there were challenges around that, even if they moved across the country, um, it was, in fact, what they needed and made for a much better, more enjoyable lifestyle for them. Um, so that was, that was the overall consensus. There was nobody who reached out and said, yeah, made a change of, uh, you know, a life change, change of pace, relocated and hated it. Maybe those people are just so miserable. They're like, I'm not emailing this guy. I hate emailing. Um, but most of the feedback that I had gotten was from people who had done this, anything from a couple years ago to 10 years ago, um, changing careers, changing geographic locations, moving away from family, moving closer to family, um, moving to somewhere that they just wanted something different. Most people uh, said that it was successful for them. So I thought that was interesting. And I'm trying to uh, nudge Rachel a little more and she'll probably come in after this week's podcast and yell at me again. All right, guys and girls, I hope you have a wonderful week. Um, Keep an eye out for the regular Modern Craftsman podcast. Leave us some reviews. Hop on iTunes. Again, all of that helps. And again, check out the website, moderncraftsman.co. Check out the blog post. And again, buy some merch. It helps us more than you know, and it helps everyone who we are involved with, all these other small companies, um, the designers, the... the um, screen printers, the people putting everything together, it helps them as well. So it's supporting more than just us. Uh, that wraps it up for this week. I will catch you guys next week.